I have these five intentions, these words that I use when a project comes my way or there's an opportunity. And does this opportunity fit these five things? If it does, then I move forward. If it doesn't, then I have to ask myself if that's something I want to do. From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on episode 130 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the owner of Thoughtful Threads, Cheryl Hammondry. If you've left your job behind so that you could be happier in your work, you'll want to hear my conversation with Cheryl. Stay with us. In today's episode, Cheryl shares how her values of collaboration and community support her integrated life and her happiness. I also believe that collaboration and community are essential for success and happiness as an entrepreneur. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, we provide the kinds of tools and resources you need to support your business success, as well as access to experts, answers to your burning questions, and the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Now let's welcome Cheryl Hammondry. Cheryl left the corporate world in 1993 over the years, Cheryl realized that leaving corporate doesn't necessarily mean that you left the corporate habits back at the office. She was successfully going solo at her studio, but the addiction to being busy and the need for approval left her feeling unfulfilled. Cheryl recently hired a business coach and rewrote the story she'd been telling herself for so many years. Today, she's the owner of Thoughtful Threads, a custom-designed apparel line spreading messages of empowerment, equality, love, and kindness. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on. You have a fascinating career history, you know, particularly, you know, what I mentioned in the introduction about your being overworked and underappreciated. How has that played out over your career? Oh, well, I I think it actually started pretty early in that. Uh, the situation growing up was not where I was going to get to go to college unless I paid for it. And so having two jobs or more was kind of how my life went from age 17 until not that long ago. It's almost like I wasn't happy unless my hair and my pants were on fire. I didn't feel like I was successful. And I think being in school and working two jobs and going to school and all of those things was great when it was necessary. But that that seeking of approval or the Looking for approval and trying to prove your value started pretty early. Then I went into advertising, which I think most people who are in advertising know it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of a lot of long days and nights and weekends. It's just the nature of the business. And uh, I took those same proving skills from an early childhood into my job. I loved advertising. I absolutely loved what I did. And I think my parents had instilled a pretty strong work ethic. So those two things combined, uh, I worked a lot of hours, a lot of hours. And what I loved most was the idea that you could take words and images and shift human behavior. And I loved designing. I loved coming up with 
ways to solve problems. And because it was so much fun and I enjoyed it so much, it didn't really feel like work. So I just kept working. And I had a a bit of success early on, and I liked the success. I became, I think, almost addicted to the problem solving and overachieving or exceeding expectations. It got to be where people knew that, well, Cheryl will stay late. Cheryl will figure it out. Give it to Cheryl. Cheryl will get it done. And I prided myself on how many jobs I could run at one time and how little sleep I could accomplish this on. It's very odd. Again, it's a common scenario, though. Very common. It is. If my my success was based on how crazy my life was. And it's just, it wasn't a very fulfilling existence. I had lots of success. My portfolio was good. My clients were great. My vendors, my customers all liked me. People I worked with enjoyed me. And I was addicted to that, to that. I just, I liked it. I think it was even more important to me than the money. And this was while you were an employee, right? Not in your own business. Correct. While I was in the agency business. I was in that for, I'm trying to remember exactly how long. I started advertising, in-house advertising when I was in my teens, like 17, 18 years old. And then upon graduation, I landed in ad agencies. And yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, I loved the environment. I loved the challenges and the cool stuff we did. And I just worked all of the time. And Somewhere in there, my last agency that I worked at, I was really undervalued. I worked crazy hours. It was a relatively toxic environment in our department. And I had been doing freelance on the side to sort of scratch that itch of dealing with customers directly and enjoying that problem solving. Because in an agency, most of the time, the client service people, they go and they meet with the customer and then the client service come back and they explain to the creatives what's wanted. And I always had a lot of questions. I mean, I was kind of known in the account service department as, oh my gosh, Cheryl's going to have so many questions. But it was mostly because I wanted to come up with the right solution. I really felt like I needed all the information. So freelancing allowed me the opportunity to work directly with the customer. And I truly enjoyed that. So when things got a little toxic in the agency side, one day I just had had enough and I wrote a letter to the president or the vice president and the owner of the company, and I packed my office and I walked out. And I had quite a bit of a brado as I was leaving the parking lot. I felt pretty good about my decision. And I think at the first stoplight, I realized I just left all of my benefits, my health care, you know, quote unquote security of a job, and had a little bit of a freak out. But by the time I got home, I picked up the phone and I called all of the vendors that I had worked with over the years. Um, I had great relationships with those vendors. Called the clients I'd been freelancing with and just let them know I was out on my own. I felt like I could, if nothing else, I would be able to have that client contact and really dig into the solutions with these customers and do some truly excellent creative. But I'd also get paid for all the hours that I worked. And everyone I talked to said, you're gonna be fine. Like you have a great communication style. You're a great designer, and and I knew I would work hard. So within a week or so, I heard from the owner of that company, and he was concerned about what had happened in the letter I'd left him, and he considered offering my giving my position back, offered me a promotion, and I said, no, I don't think I want to come back. I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep doing this myself and see how it goes. And I never looked back. I mean, I loved it, but. Because I loved it so much and I enjoyed that communication and the relationships, I just worked all the time. 
And it didn't take long. I mean, eventually I had two different businesses. My husband and I were running a triathlon company or not company, sorry, a triathlon club. And in the middle of all that, I thought I should sign up for an Ironman. So I was just addicted to being busy and proving that I could do it. Yeah. So, so you traded the craziness of a job where your employer was setting the structure and you were trying to overfulfill on the deliverables to a business where you pretty much had the same pattern. Absolutely. I mean, that same thing I complained about within the agency of the ridiculous hours, the crazy expectations. I just took it all home to the home office. I unpacked it when I unpacked my box from the office and just did the exact same thing. Like, I can take that, put it on my plate. I mean, my plate was full and I just kept adding to it. But that's how I defined my success was by how busy I was. And I would sit many times and think, gosh, you know, how could you be unhappy? Or how could you feel unfulfilled? Like you have everything you want. You've worked so hard for this. And there was still sort of a hollow feeling and I was chasing something. Couldn't quite catch it. I kept thinking one more thing would make me happier. Well, once I get this, that will make me happy. Or signing up for an Ironman. Surely after I complete that race, I'll feel successful and I'll feel really happy. But like anything else, you just keep reaching for one more thing. Yeah. Did you feel like the the work culture in your business was better than what you had left behind in the corporate world? I did. I did. My style is, a, is more collaborative, you know, community, bring everybody in. I didn't always feel that in the agency side. I also felt like in the agency side, there was so much structure that sometimes it created inefficiency. And I do believe one of the reasons my design business was so successful is I was efficient. Like I asked all the questions, I worked hours, I was committed to the job. So I think it was more efficient. My customers, I think, felt that way as well. Hmm. So, you know, many people go solo because they want more control over their destiny and particularly more control over their structure and their work environment. So you gained the control by going solo but the structure that you created wasn't super helpful. Correct. Correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. I had the control to completely overload myself. How long did it take you before you finally started to make some changes in your own structure? Oh, gosh. Not until recently. So a lot of years. A lot. Of, yeah, 30 years. I mean, I think, again, starting back when I was working multiple jobs to go to college, I got out when I was financially where I didn't need to have multiple jobs. I still kept multiple jobs because I, I just wanted to do everything. I wanted my hands and everything. I wanted to be involved. And I think there's also a piece of me that's a bit of a serial learner. So if I saw a cool opportunity to meet someone new or learn about a new industry or be involved in something, I wanted to do it. And again, deep, deep, deep down inside, I think I was proving, you know, to all the naysayers. Yeah. I mean, I can do this. I can have this business. I can be a female business. Because back when I started doing this, and now it's kind of cool to be self-employed. It's, tr- it's on trend, you know, to have a home office. But 30 years ago, I mean, I had family members and friends who were like, what's wrong with you? Can't you like get a job? Oh, yeah. The world has changed a lot. It has changed a lot. I mean, there were no, many people back then who were like, well, what, what's wrong with you? Like, why can't, I mean, can you not find a job? It's like, of course I can find a job. I've chosen to do this, which I'm sure from the outside, I looked half crazy. Like I chose to, 
double my efforts and work even longer and harder. But I don't know, at the time, it made me truly happy until, you know, late in the day or late at night or when I was alone. And and I look back and eight months had blown by because I dove it deep into a large project and all I did was work. And I reached points too in my life where all I did was work and work out. I don't know if I was that interesting to be around truly because all I did was work and work out. And I think the the changes really started to come when I was looking at my age. And I think part of the story I had told myself was that like many professionals, you know, you get to a certain age and you start to think to yourself, well, maybe my best years in the rearview mirror. Maybe I should just, you know, start to dial it back. But I loved it so much. And I was afraid I was irrelevant in the industry because they say advertising is for the young. But I mean, there's really nothing that could be further from the truth. I think one of the things I realized was that if you, or to, to bring this much experience to the table, you have to have been doing something a really long time. And to have been able to have done this for a really long time, I have to be this old. So I don't know, I think my views on being older and trying to keep up and keep the pace, it just became exhausting. And so I reached out. I wanted to find a way to get more focused, figure out why I kept making those choices. Because I had, I'd read a number of books. I had all the whiteboards, all the notepads, all the special planners and trying to organize and slow down and prioritize my work. But I couldn't say no. I just, every job that came across my path initially, I took it because I wanted to be seen as successful. I think as the years went on, I took every job that came across my path because I wanted to stay relevant. I wanted to still keep working. And it just became too crazy. And I started Thoughtful Threads. And I remember sitting with my husband one night talking about regrets. And I said, you know, I think if I left this world today, the only regret I may really have is wondering what Thoughtful Threads could have become if I'd actually, you know, stopped all the other stuff and put some energy into that. And what, how much more could I do with my design business if I focused on that and stopped saying yes to everything? So Cheryl, what have you learned and what are you doing now that takes advantage of your experience so that you're running a business that's financially successful while living an integrated life so that you're not killing yourself with your workload? I hired a coach and that was the big, that was a big step. I had met, the, I even knew the coach I was going to hire. It just took me two years to do it because I didn't want to hear what she was going to tell me. And when I finally started working with the business coach, I thought, I didn't know what to expect going in. I thought maybe we would, I would get some new techniques, a new whiteboard, you know, method. I, don't, I didn't know what to expect. And what she did is she went deep and she peeled back the layers and helped me discover why this was such a habit, why I couldn't say no, why I continued to undervalue myself, or undervalue my skills, and why I thought I was too old to do things. She really helped me see and rewrite that story. So now I have these five intentions, these words that I use when a project comes my way or there's an opportunity. And does this opportunity fit these five things? If it does, then I move forward. If it doesn't, then I have to ask myself if that's something I want to do. And so now my business, I'm much more careful with what I accept, the opportunities that come my way, the projects. If I feel like it's not a good fit, then I let it go. It's very hard to do. It's very hard to say no still. 
I, I, I for years longed for a day when I worked a reasonable amount of hours for a reasonable client for a reasonable amount of pay and then to be paid in a reasonable amount of time because I had not done that historically from the beginning. Well, the day is here and now it feels a little uncomfortable. You know, I open my email and it's not full. My phone's not blowing up. My hair and pants are not on fire. So am I successful? Well, yes, I am successful. It's just a different type of success, not one where I'm sacrificing happiness and health. Now, Cheryl, what are the five things that you tell yourself? Well, it's important to me that I have, I'm going to write them down just to make sure I don't miss any, that I have clarity on the project. Do I fully understand the, the project is this, or the opportunity, this experience? Do I have clarity? Do I know what this is going to be? Do I understand what it's going to be? Then does it bring me abundance? And that doesn't necessarily mean an abundance of money. It could bring me an abundance of joy. It could bring me an abundance of community. Because I community is another one of my five words. Community is very important to me. We identified in my coaching that if I did not have community, a sense of community, it was harder for me to buy in and be passionate about it. So once I understood, you know, they had clarity on the topic or that project, once I could tell if there was a sense of community, then the question is, can I do this with ease? And not that it's easy, but is it in my skill set? Is it something, are all the, the pieces in place to make this something I can do with ease? So the example would be, you know, a marathon is not easy, but I love to run. So I would be able to, with proper training, do that with ease. And I would also enjoy it. So once I knew if I had clarity and it had gave me some kind of an abundance and a sense of community and I could do it with ease, the question next was, is it energizing? Does it bring me a sense of energy? Do I enjoy it? Is it challenging? Does it feed my soul? And if it's not one of those, if it doesn't check those boxes, then I need to evaluate whether or not I really want to be involved or be prepared to maybe not have an optimal outcome. How does Thoughtful Threads fit your criteria? Mm. So Thoughtful Threads is the culmination of probably all my career experiences. I, as I mentioned at one point, I had multiple jobs. So I, I was in advertising and design I also owned a small gym for 15 years where I developed this wonderful community. It was much like a family to most of the members. We, but it was a great. I had my advertising background, my design background allowed me to create this gym space that was attractive and beautiful and fun. And I created interesting events and created apparel for people at the gym. And then through a course of events, I found myself looking for another opportunity to create to do something different, to feed my soul, to give me some abundance. I knew that I could do it with ease because I had a marketing background and design background and I had developed a sense of community. I knew that even though we wouldn't be gathering together, Thoughtful Threads was going to create a community of people who were interested in spreading messages of empowerment, equality, love, and kindness. So I could create a sense of community I was going to be able to do this with ease. I knew it would give me an abundance of joy and feed my soul. I was completely clear on how I wanted to go about it. So it seemed like a pretty a pretty good path to follow. And how's it working? It's great. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's challenging. 
I did bring many, many different skills and had to this uh, endeavor. My toolbox had quite a few things in it that came in handy. I wasn't fully prepared for the the social media side and the website work. I didn't have all the programming and the back end stuff to think about. I, I wasn't as good at that. So that was a learning curve, but I like to learn new things and I like a challenge and I find it very rewarding. Yeah. Recently I came out with a two new shirts. One says unapologetically me, which I don't know. I think that's as much for myself as it is for anyone that wants to buy it. And the other one says an open mind is the only kind. So I love it. That's great. I have one last question, which is for folks that have the level and breadth of experience that comes with being in the working world for a lot of years, like, like you you now have, but they've done it up until recently as an employee, and now they've shifted into their own business, staying in the same discipline. What advice would you have for them about how to come up with a a business design that fits the kind of criteria that you've described? I think the first thing a a person should consider is all of their tools. Just look at all of the things that you have that you can do. Think about ways that you can monetize your skills. I mean, you have years of experience. Somebody wants at least some piece of that. Like I said, you know, my, this whole thing for me started with design. And then I took those design skills and I ran a gym. And then I took those design skills and the ability to create a community. And I started an online apparel t-shirt company. So I think it's just looking at what you, what you have. I mean, I think a lot of times we undervalue our experience. We undervalue what we've done with those past 20, 30 years and how much we've learned. And I would say the other thing is to, to take a look and at missteps and avoid calling them mistakes or errors or failures. I mean, you're going to have missteps. It's something new. You know, it's, it's scary. It's twisty. It's bumpy to try anything new like that. But, you know, in a quiet moment, just look back on all that you've accomplished in your career and know that you're really good at it. You're an expert. You're a professional. You know, don't worry about your age if you are. If you're sitting there thinking, I might be too old to do something because you can, you can take all that experience and put it to use. Sounds great. Well, Cheryl, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and going solo and sharing your experiences and your really great insights about how how to navigate what can often be a challenging transition for folks when you're when you're going solo and uh, some of the things you've learned that it's helpful to do and some of the things that you've learned that it's helpful to avoid. My guest today has been the owner of Thoughtful Threads, Cheryl Hammontree. Thank you again, Cheryl, for joining us. Thank you, David. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode, along with the links we mention on the show. In today's episode, Cheryl shares how her values of collaboration and community support her integrated life and her happiness. I also believe that collaboration and community are essential for success and happiness as an entrepreneur. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, we provide the kinds of tools and resources you need to support your business success, as well as access to experts, answers to your burning questions, and the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues. 
Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.